welcome to Bubbling Up with your host Joe Sori and Steve Ramosi. We're going to be talking comics and comic-related stuff, and you're going to listen to us talk comics and comic-related stuff. Look, this is how podcasts work. I don't make the rules, okay? If all that sounds good to you, then keep listening, because here comes the show. Here we go. Hey there, creepy crawlers. Welcome to Bubbling Up, an adult conversation on the wide world of comics. I'm your local, friendly, murderous ice cream man with many names, Joe Soria, along with my first victim, Steve Ramosi. I'm going to watch my back. (laughs) (laughs) On today's show, we will be discussing volume one of the creepy image comics series, Ice Cream Man by W. Maxwell Prince. So as a reminder, do you have any thoughts, notes, diatribes, questions? You can email us, bubblinguppod at gmail.com, or let us know what you think on Instagram. I am slowly but surely trying to be good at actually telling people that the episodes are up, but they do come out most Thursdays, unless I am a dick and on vacation for the hundredth time. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you're listening, sharing, whatever else. We're going to take a quick minute and let Steve, uh, you know, give us some small news items right now. Yeah, just a couple of quick little things. These are probably mostly updates for things that I've mentioned earlier, but Sandman Audio Drama Season 2 just dropped on Audible. I really like the first one, and I started listening to the second one, and it sounds like it's just as impressive. Um, an update on the Lemire Substack stuff that we spoke about in the last or maybe two episodes ago. Fish Flies, his new comic that he's releasing only on Substack for now. I think eventually it's going to get a paper release, but I believe the first two parts are out. So if you're subscribed to, I believe if you're a paying subscriber to his Substack, you can get those. And um, just a reminder of the thing that we were talking about. If you want to write comics, Scott Snyder has a cool class going on. It's seven bucks a month or like 75 bucks to buy in for the year, you have to subscribe to the Substack, and then and then you can just join the classes. They've been pretty interesting so far. The second one is actually coming out the night of this recording, so a little bit after we're done here, I'll probably check that out. So yeah, that's that's my news for the for the week. I saw one thing um, which I thought was interesting. I've never listened to many of these, and you mentioned the podcast part, but that I think Marvel and Sirius are creating like a a branch of podcasts based on Marvel stuff, which. Mm-hmm. We started this podcast, you know, maybe a couple months ago with the idea like, oh, there's enough of this stuff. And now I feel like it's really started to pick up with especially the Marvel stuff. Right. It's like they know this is the number one movie stuff. We might as well just make people that listen to stuff will listen to infinity of this stuff. So, you know, I listen to the ringer, sometimes the ringer verse type stuff where it's Marvel feedback, instant feedback. Although we talked previously about what if and what if it didn't exist. But if you're into this stuff, you're getting it. And there's it's been a slow, slow period here. But I think it's going to start revving up again between Eternals, other things. And now that we're really getting into generation of content, you know, I think uh, that's interesting. It's an interesting combination. They'll probably be on, on Sirius and on their platforms, which I think they own Stitcher or one of the other ones. And then they bought out one of the other podcast platforms. They've so, been trickling out little audio dramas uh, here and there. The Wolverine one, right? I think I never yeah, listened Wolverine to Wolverine one I listened to. There was a, a couple other ones that were, you know, interesting listens. I only listened to the Wolverine one all the way through, but yeah, they weren't bad. I think it's an interesting, another medium. I think I would moderately enjoy them. So I like the stories. I think I'll probably like them better than DC comics. So movies, so I might as well listen to a podcast version with someone with a decent voice and figure it out. So the other one is, you know, I don't know if it's a story, a news, but the Why the Last Man, which we covered in the last episode, I believe the series has launched. There are a couple episodes out. 
Still, I haven't had a chance to even watch them. I don't know if you have any quick feedback or if you saw it yourself, but I, I did not. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm caught up on them. So there's four out now. They dropped three the first week, and the fourth one came out earlier this week or February when they're dropping. But um, yeah, they've been they've been pretty solid. I've I've enjoyed them quite a bit so far. Seems like your mileage may vary. I've been hearing a little bit of mixed reviews, but I'm digging it. You know, it's a cool visual and maybe a little bit slower than some people wanted, but uh, I'm fine with that. I think that the series itself was a nice slow burn. So what about the what if stuff? Have you uh, kept up with that as well? Am I missing out big time? I have. I think that if you didn't like the first two or three, you're fine not watching them. I mean, I enjoy them, but they're not like... Loki was way better. You know, WandaVision was way better. So it's nothing mind-blowing, I don't think. I've been hearing good things about Shang-Chi also. Haven't seen that either. And another one that someone mentioned to me that I I don't think I've seen or I don't know if it came out yet, the Star Wars manga show you were talking about. We were talking about maybe covering some of the Marvel ones, but I heard Mm. there's a a Star Wars manga show. Did you get manga? Which is that? I think it's brand new on Disney+. Plus. I think it's called like Visions or something. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess the Bad Batch came out a while ago at this point. Yeah, uh, No, I have not. I have not checked that out yet. Well, there you go. So there's some content that we haven't viewed yet, but maybe worth uh, checking out. I think that one actually comes out the 22nd, which is today, potentially. So I think there's a show called Star Wars Visions. It says an animated anthology series consisting of nine short episodes produced from six different Japanese animation studios. Hmm, That sounds actually pretty, pretty cool, pretty interesting. And I just see a picture of like funky looking kid Boba Fett and like looks like one of the samurais holding a, a lightsaber. So, you know what? That might be more interesting to me than most of the Star Wars animated content that's out there. So I'm going to have to check that out. It might be on the list here, Steve. That's that's like a yeah. no, 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 where it's like super, super capes and Star Wars. And I think it'd be interesting. So maybe we'll be back on that one. So, uh, all right, we've got our news and we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with W. Maxwell Prince's Ice Cream Man. And we're back to discuss uh, volume one, first four issues of Ice Cream Man from Image. I'm going to just read the synopsis because this is definitely an interesting book that kind of varies from issue to issue. And that's a kind of the point. I was talking to someone about it and they were talking about maybe being like a Tales from the Crypt style type thing. And I think that's kind of what we have here. I have some other thoughts, but we'll get into that later. So Ice Cream Man, reading this straight off the Image website. Chocolate, vanilla, existential horror, drug addiction, musical fantasy. There's a flavor for everyone's misery. Ice Cream Man is a genre-defying comic book series featuring disparate one-shot tales of sorrow, wonder, and redemption. Each installment features its own cast of strange characters dealing with their own special Sunday of suffering. And on the periphery of all of them, like the twinkling music of his colorful truck, is the Ice Cream Man. A weaver of stories, a purveyor of sweet treats, friend foe, God, demon, the man who with the snap of his fingers lickety split can change the course of your life forever. Written by W. Maxwell Prince, art from Martin Marazzo and Chris O'Halloran. I think that sums it up pretty well. So Steve, that's, I think that gave it a pretty good rundown. What were your initial impressions on, uh, on Ice Cream Man? Yeah, you mentioned that you were talking to somebody and they thought it was similar to Tales from the Crypt. That's exactly the vibe I kind of got from it. You know, that like Twilight Zone type of thing. Just these episodic, completely different stories kind of tied by a bookended thread. The beginning and the end is... This is a horror deeper. special. Thing. Like Stephen King's been doing this, you know, for years too. Yeah. 
It's like characters that kind of stick throughout. The Candyman literally is its own, you know, anthology of different people coming into it. I think horror is the best at this, you know, American horror story. For some reason, nothing else can get an anthology except for horror. So this is just the comic version. And I don't know how we've leaned into so much horror stuff. I never watched much horror stuff, but this year has been, maybe it's uh, the time and how it is, but I definitely <laughs> feel like I'm, I've been deep in the horror. And this, this comic guy really, really... This was my my request. I read this. I actually picked it up at a library like two years ago. And I just, I've hammered through all these. There's six volumes. And I think for good reason, someone must be enjoying these. And I know I am. Yeah. Yeah. I, I very much uh, dug the feel, the style. I like that there's a little bit more going on with the Rod Sterling character, if you will, or the yeah. Keeper character. There's a serialized element to these on top of the episodic issues that are happening, which is kind of cool. Towards the end of this book, without giving spoilers, another character shows up and kind of confronts the ice cream man. And you're like, oh, I thought he was just kind of the storyteller, but you can clearly see there's something else going on that you're going to find out more about as you read more of these books, which I am excited to do, actually. I'm probably going to check out the rest of these. I think I've read all of them. And this was nice to reread it, which I'm not a good rereader. And this first issue just felt like a perfect, I don't know if it was done this way or how they do comics in general. It felt like a pilot, you know, it felt like a demo of like, this is what we can do. We can go crazy a little bit, but we're going to keep it within realm. It has all these qualities of nightmarish, but ethereal, but also tropes that you can recognize and then inverting those tropes. You know, I think the stories alone are gross and horrifying and picking the right strings of like grossness. I, I want to discuss the first one primarily, I think, because that was the one that really stuck out to me. And it just has so many little jokes in it. Like there's a little boy, he's home alone. His last name is McAllister, but his parents are dead in the house because a spider has killed them with poison and its spider is his friend. And you're like, oh, this is... This is a lot. And then there's an ice cream guy. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. it's just like a great opening salvo, I guess. And you're like, oh, this is what can be done here with like dark, dark. I don't know what the word is, humor, but like at least just like not to make you feel bad, right? Nothing here is, it's evil, but it's more to like kind of rev up your mind than mm. kind of make you feel bad about yourself. I mean, there are some reflections of us being selfish or stealing or taking or whatever else. I think that's the morals of the story. But so, yeah, we have that segmented story. So what did you think of that that pilot issue? Did you have any other thoughts other than what I was kind of digging into? No, I, I, I dug it. Uh, it's pretty incredible how quickly, you know, how they can turn around an, a story arc. It turns around a story arc in 24 pages or whatever for each one of these because they're all their own thing. And then he has to use a couple of pages to kind of further the, as I was saying, like the serialized part of the ice cream man story. So he's got to be in there at some point, like not really being part of the internal, like one shot story mm-hmm. while also being a part of the one shot story. So it, there's a lot going on here with the writing. And I think that's all done really well. The spider story in the first one, I really dug the second one is a letter from a woman to her boyfriend apologizing. Like the two of them are junkies and she kind of left them in the lurch. The third one is like this musician. 
this musician who's like trying to get his, like put out a hit in like the sixties or whatever. It's, buddy, it's basically Buddy Holly and the crickets and they reinverted like Buddy Holly never had another hit. Buddy Holly died obviously in a bad yeah. plane crash, but he's like trying to recapture his glory in his mind. A lot of this is a mind game type yeah. thing. And they, and the ice cream man gives them this like temptation, you know, it's the temptation, the fruit of what can save you and this ice cream cone or whatever he's changing into. There's all these things about things turning into things and morphing into things. And I, I'm a fan of morphing, I think, is what I would, I would say after what, reading a lot of this stuff. The death by spider bite, or was it an anachronism? Is that what they called it? Arachnidism or whatever? Arachnidism, yeah. And I like the issue names of the sprinkles. I, I always a fan of issues being like named, you know, and I guess that's always the case, hmm. but sometimes it just kind of feels forced or it's obvious, but the best comics that I read, you know, they integrate them in a cool way or they're not always there, but they're, they're still present. We didn't mention that with Why the Last Man, but I was, I think I posted on the Instagram today and it's like the issue, the first issue is called Unmanned. You're like, okay, that's a good name. You know, that also could be the name of the series. I thought also there were some just like quick twitches where it's like, you know, sweet is not so sweet. You know, that's the whole thing. And I think it's in the first issue, but the line that resonated the most with me and I have the most with the execution was there's a flavor for everyone suffering and make no mistake, everyone is suffering. I don't know when it's, if it was already done. I see there wasn't a movie called Ice Cream Man, but this seems like it was made to be a Hulu horror anthology series, you know, bar none very easily. I'd love yeah. it. I would love it too, or Shudder, whoever wants to do the horror stuff. So we talked a lot about the creativity, and that's mostly on prints, on the writing, and on the stories, and on the visuals, and then the themes. What about the art? What did you think about the art? I really like the um, expressiveness, the character faces, especially like I really like the design of the ice cream man himself. He kind of he has these very foreboding faces. Marazzo and uh, O'Halloran, I guess, uh, really bring out a lot in in that character. Aside from that, you know, I thought there was really good use of shadows and things like that. Uh, I, I don't remember anything being too wild. Design-wise, it was pretty yeah, like, standard boxes exactly. and squares. It was pretty pretty by the numbers when it came to that. I think the the strongest, actually, I think the separation here is, you know, it hasn't combined, but Morezzo, I think, is the inker or whatever it is, and then O'Halloran is the color. I think the color here is actually a real winner um, whether it comes to the the musical notes coming out of the ice cream man there's like the fl- a lot of flashbacks and flash forwards in a bunch of these things where it, and they're going into different rooms and that you can tell the different where the place where they are because the coloring is blue versus red mm. and it really the coloring here is exceptionally well done and it, it actually accentuates the ice cream man looking not super evil. Like he looks evil, but he's in this, like the light of day. So like he's holding that cone and he's smiling at you. Like it's a advertisement from the fifties straight out of the, the milkman or the ice cream man, you know, coming around the area. Towards the end, there's a shot where like, he just see like shadow from the cap down to below his eyes. And like, that was what, that was one that stuck with me. I really loved how they did that panel. It almost looks like Lone Ranger, which was funny to me. It was like, it looks like an evil superhero. But I I noticed that where you have that, you had like a lot of eye shots here. I had a a note here on just the quick switches of them going to spiders or there's a werewolf with weird eyes. And you kind of are supposed to recognize things maybe by the eyes or that things are switching to other things, or you had that background image in one, you could see that there was an ad for the ice cream man on the TV in one issue, and then the ad was played later. I think it was an even a different issue. So mm-hmm. there is a small connectedness. There are cops, I think, that show up in multiple issues, kind of. And maybe they're trying to do the mystery. So we're assuming this is the same place. He's kind of haunting the same area. It's not over the top. There's no direct 
plot. It's more of like, you know, a story. And I appreciate that word. Just little teases, like you said, the, the ending teases that there's, you know, another side to this. And I don't know if we talked about it, but I said it early on, but, you know, they talk about him being the man of many names. I'm always into this character that could be many different things and, you know, is of many tra- different traditions. And that always, that's like a chupacabra thing or, you know, uh, the, you know, the soul sucker or the devil or the angel of death or something like that. But it really popped here. So the one other thing I'll say about the art is, I don't know what you said about the shadows. I don't know what you'd call it, but to me, the art was more on the less of a used side that they do now. And it seemed more like a vertigo or like a late nineties kind of scratchy, like heavy pen work where like the teeth, maybe the teeth thing, but things were sharper, I guess. Like the angles were sharper, I would say. And the thing that came to mind, maybe it's just because it's my frame of reference for my youth, but it kind of looked like a little bit like later edge Beavis and Butthead almost sometimes where <laughs> there was like these sharp pen and, and then the, like the colors and the places and the cities and the, these like rooms, all the houses were like kind of, nothing was nice. None of the places they go to are really nice, right? You have these like junky house and the kid who's living alone and the police station. So, and then they have a diner. So everything's kind of grungy and it had this kind of Daria era, like heavy pen line, it wasn't thin. It wasn't smooth. It wasn't like over realistic. It seemed a little, you know, interpretive, but not not crazy either. It wasn't like an animation out of the comic strips either. That was my, my inkling or how how I felt about when I was looking at it. So you answered my my usual final question, but basically, you know, my final one oftentimes is you're gonna read any more, and you said kind of yes. How high on the pile? Let's say next batch of stuff. Like is this like I'm gonna definitely read it pretty soon or you know, when I'm in the mood for it, I'll, I'll get back to it. Like how, how enticed are you? Is it that, is that ending of the issues that give you like, I want to see this other character is, or what, what are your, what would you say? Well, Steve? You know, I, I think that it probably will be one of the ones that I read fairly soon, just cause it's pretty easy reading. Like I'm reading the woods still. I'm like mid reading the woods and it's like, not that it's like wildly difficult to follow or anything like that, but it's, there's a lot going on in that. And it just kind of, bogs down a little bit. I took a break and started reading some other stuff. So like this one yep. is like, I think I could zip through six trades in no time and be done, especially since they're only four issues long each. So yeah, I think yeah. I'll probably read it again, pick it up again fairly soon. Yeah. They're not dense. It's very sparse. There's a lot of visual. So that's what I wanted to focus on some of the visual because I think a lot of it is in there. It is in the storytelling and being showcased, but it's definitely a quick read. There's no like heavy thought bubbles. There's no pages where it's basically like an entire page of text. Yeah, I mentioned the one where the woman was writing a letter, but even those were, were kind of parceled out. It wasn't kind of like an epic, an epic letter. So all in all, I think uh, Steve seemed to like it. I've told you that I've already read through these and I'm willing to read it again. And I find them to be quite intriguing. And there are some other stuff. I know that Prince has come out with. You mentioned one, I think, on the other episode that I have not checked out yet. And there was another one called, I think, King of Nowhere that I seem to take out and never, never get into, even though I think Tyler Jenkins is the artist who I do like. But I think we're both big fans of Ice Cream Man. And, you know, it's definitely uh, not PG rated. The comic we'll be doing next, Saifu, I would say is PG rated. That'd probably be our first PG rated. Seems we do lean into the the darker side of things. Uh, it is an adult conversation in the world of comics. <laughs> anyway, I give, uh, you know, give this one of my higher recommendations or something to at least crack open for four issues. It's worth a try. The first trade, you'll get through it in 
25 minutes and you'll be done. <laughs> and you'll be done. See if it's your bag. So yeah. we're going to take a quick break and then we'll just give an update on the next episode and we'll say goodbye. And we're back. So uh, next week, like I just said, we're going to be covering a mashup. I wrote sci-fi rap kung fu book called Sci-Fu from... Um, Yehudi Mercado. Yehudi Mercado. We'll definitely dig into that at that point. Like I said in the beginning, if you have any questions, you know, hit us up on all the uh, channels, email bubblinguppod at gmail.com, social, et cetera. Steve, any final thoughts before we shut the door on uh, another episode? No, watch out for, uh, it's going to be a whole new take on ice cream men in my in my neighborhood. I really wanted to like, there you go, right there. Is that good? More home on the range. <laughs> it feels like I should be cranking like an evil, you know, <laughs> box of music box that looks like an ice cream truck. For myself, Joe Sari and Steve Ramosi, we are going to shut the door on Ice Cream Man. We'll be back next week. Later. <laughs> Yeah, it's the same music as at the beginning. Our buddy Chris Morgan did it. The intro's so nice, we used it twice. What? You want show credits over here? All right. I was your production manager, Steve Ramosi. Still am, I guess. And the other guy was the brains of the whole operation, Joe Soria. We want to thank you for tuning in, and we hope we see you on the next episode. Uh, Goodbye! Great timing.